Warning, the Savage Nation contains adult language, adult content, psychological nudity. Listener discretion is advised. And now, the world's most exciting podcast, The Savage Nation, home of borders, language, culture, and here he is, New York Times best-selling author and National Radio Hall of Fame inductee, Michael Savage. How we've gone from Einstein to Epstein in one generation, that's the title of today's show. From Einstein or Einstein to Epstein in one generation, what a nation we become. The question is, will the Epstein story affect the presidential race? We know that there are some famous people that flew on the Lolita Express down to Epstein's orgy island, some as young as 13, with uh, braces. Now, if any of this is true and anyone did that, I believe they should be executed. That's my personal. You want to know? Let me clear the air. I told you I'm a sexual libertarian. I told you the line is drawn with children. You molest children, you should be shot in the back of the head by the government, as far as I'm concerned. So if I've cleared the air on that one, where I stand, there's no middle ground for me when it comes to children. So now we have Epstein, the predator, was given a slap on the wrist by Acosta, Acosta, who is now President Donald Trump's labor secretary. How does that work out? How does a guy work out a plea deal with a predator like this and then become Labor secretary is really a huge question that I'm very interested in. The controversial and lenient plea deal struck between Epstein and so-called federal law enforcement officials in Florida back in 08. Many of them orphans or runaways at his Palm Beach mansion is something that's going to come up again very quickly. And the question is going to become whether Trump fires Acosta or not. Because how could the guy be given a slap on the wrist for a thing like this? How could this guy be done? Be given such an easy sentence from Epstein-Barr virus to the Epstein-Clinton virus in just one generation? How's he get away with it? But there's so much more in the news. Most of you don't know what the hell I'm talking about. I get that because I haven't said Mueller. I haven't said Dossier. I haven't said Steele. I haven't said Russia. And so, therefore, I've left you in the, in the, in the back of your uh, horse and carriage. Also in the news, President Trump attacked Fox News anchors in a wild tweet storm over the weekend. I have no idea what the hell is going on. And he says something really bizarre. He said, have they forgotten who put them there? Well, I think Fox was there before he was. The last I checked, I think he's got that one backwards. I think they put him there. I think I put him there. I think a few people put him there that he's forgotten as well. But don't tell him that. Meanwhile, Democratic Congresswoman secretly sending staff into Mexico to coach asylum seekers. She is breaking the law. She should be arrested immediately. But will she be? Absolutely not. Are you kidding? She's sending staff into Mexico secretly with aid of the Catholic Church to coach over 6,000 illegals on how to come into this country on false asylum claims? Are you joking? Listen, I got to repeat this for all of you left-wingers out there. You lectured us for years, going back to the 60s, that the population in the United States of America was unsustainable. Did you not? Did you not lecture men to get their tubes tied? Didn't you tell everybody through ZPG that they should not have children? Didn't you tell us that? Didn't you tell white men to have their tubes tied? Well, now all of a sudden you're in favor of flooding America with children, as long as they're not white children. Is that what you're saying? So what are you really saying? What you're really saying is you don't know what you're talking about and you're insane, which is uh, why I said liberalism is a mental disorder back in 2006. I'm just reading stories to you, that's all. The Epstein-Clinton connection will it affect the presidential race. 
Why is this case really being reopened now? That, that's the question you have to ask yourself. I want to go back to the Epstein case. The man who has this 737 airplane, and uh, he has mansions in uh, Palm Beach, New York City, the Virgin Islands, and other places, was charged as a sex trafficker and pedophile by federal prosecutors on Monday. Monday morning, that's today, in a Manhattan courtroom. The Southern District of New York came in and took him down. Now, he, has, he had been sentenced before in 08 with a very light sentence by Acosta, who at that time was a local federal attorney, I believe, in Florida. How did that happen? How did Epstein get such a light sentence then? And moreover, why would Trump have picked this man, Acosta, to be labor secretary when he was the U.S. attorney for the Southern District of Florida in 08 and he supervised the group of lawyers that forged the Epstein deal, which everyone is looking at now and shaking their head with right now, right? How does this all fit together? And so they say that some very famous Democrats' names are going to come up in this trial. That was tweeted over the weekend by Nancy Pelosi's daughter, who not surprisingly works for the DNC. That's right. You heard me right. Nancy Pelosi's daughter. See, the nepotism spreads in all directions in this country today. It's not just limited to the Republican side. Nepotism runs on all sides of the aisle. And uh, Pelosi's daughter works for the DNC the uh, Democrat National Committee, and she tweeted or said over the weekend that some of our faves are going to get it, are going to come down with this uh, story, something along those lines. I don't know the exact words, but Pelosi's own daughter warns it's quite likely that some of our faves are implicated in horrific Epstein case. Now, who do you think she was implying when she said some of our faves, meaning they flew to the island and they had sex with underage girls? Who do you think he's impl- she's implying there? Well, the names have come up many times. Many names have been seen on the on the manifest, the log of that private jet. We don't know whether they engage in anything illicit down there. After all, we see that Kevin Spacey's name came up, too. Now, Kevin Spacey is a very famous mail groper, isn't he? So what the hell was Kevin Spacey doing on the Lolita Express? Unless it was a segregated island. And on one side, you know what I'm saying? It went AC, the other side DC. And the middle of the island was for foot power. We don't really know. But we do know that uh, very prominent people flew down to the island or went to his mansions for various reasons, maybe for recipes on how to make bolognese sauce. You don't really know what they went for. You see, we could have it all wrong. We could hear that Epstein is really a famous Italian chef, not really a predator. And he, he had all these famous people flying down like Alan Dershowitz to learn how to make a good bolognese sauce. I mean, don't rush the judgment here, please. So Epstein uh, is uh, pulled in. He serves 13 months in a Palm Beach prison that allowed him to leave six days a week to go to work. (laughs) Six days a week. Can you imagine if you got a sentence like this for molesting young girls? You serve 13 months and you go home every day, six days a week to your mansion. And you have to come back and sleep in the jail at night. I, I guarantee you the Manhattan Correctional Institute would like to have that deal. Everyone in there would like that deal. The deal also granted immunity to any of Epstein's potential co-conspirators who otherwise might have been swept up in his abuses. Wait, it gets even better. Uh, When Acosta supervised this, he did not disclose to to the victims of Epstein and the alleged victims of Epstein that he was getting such a sweetheart deal. That's why they're reopening it, by the way. This is a big deal. This is a big deal. Now, there's another element here that I have to mention that I know you don't want to hear. You uh, uh, MAGA people out there do not want to hear the rest of the story, but I have to bring it up. Because what's good for the goose is good for the gander. 
And although we hear Clinton's name over and over again, that flight logs show Bill Clinton flew on sex offenders yet much more than previously known. We're not saying that it goes as far as that with who I'm about to mention. However, other celebrities have known this guy for a very long time. The financier Epstein was a member of Trump's Palm Beach Club Mar-a-Lago. Well, so are many people. And the men dined at one another's homes. That doesn't mean anything. Trump flew on Epstein's plane at least once. That doesn't mean anything. Uh, according to stories, Epstein is quoted in court papers as saying he wanted to set up his modeling agency, which prosecutors believe he used to get access to underage girls, quote, the same way Trump set up his modeling agency. That doesn't mean anything. It's just a business model. But I have to put it all out there for what's coming. So you're not shocked and heartbroken uh, by Wednesday. Now, although a court filing says Mar-a-Lago eventually dumped Epstein from its ranks after he approached an underage girl in the locker room. Now, that's to, to Trump's credit. I want you to remember that one. When he was found, when Epstein was found approaching an underage girl in Mar-a-Lago in the locker room, right? They, they got him. They threw him out of uh, the Mar-a-Lago. OK, so there's a lot to the story that's true and a lot to it that is false. But if you look at the manifest of the log of the jet, Bill Clinton was on it. The UK's Prince Andrew uh, attorneys such as Kenneth Starr, Roy Black, Alan Dershowitz, business contacts such as Ghislaine Maxwell, daughter of the late publishing tycoon Robert Maxwell, and other people we ne- may never have heard of, right? All flew to his island. We don't know whether it was for various and sundry or to learn how to make Bolognese sauces, I said to you. Maybe he's a famous chef on the side. You don't really know. But this is a huge story, and that's why I'm titling today's show uh, from Einstein to Epstein in one generation, because that's what this country has become. We are hearing about the most sordid individuals imaginable in our time, uh, instead of the most extinguished, sorry, the most distinguished, I almost said most extinguished individuals. <laughs> that wouldn't be a bad story, the most extinguished individuals in our time. We are not hearing about the most distinguished individuals in our time. Do you, can you name one scientist listening to the show? Can you name one scientist that you know of? who's famous in our time for discovery. No, you can't, because the vermin in the media will not let you hear about them. Can you name one teacher who has sacrificed all of her life to teach children at great cost to her life? No. Can you name one cop who's done something heroic? No. But you know the names of every degenerate on the planet, don't you? That's because of the vermin in the media, right? So that's the kind of world we're living in. That's why I say we've gone from Epstein, from Einstein to Epstein in one generation. Now, I would be remiss if I didn't open the sound with Kamala Harris, perhaps the dumbest person in the history of the world to have ever run for the presidency. She's now comparing herself to Rosa Parks. I don't know how she does this, but she's now wrapping herself in the mantle of slavery. And I want to remind you again, and this is so damn important. I don't know how everyone else in the media keeps missing this. Robert, let's get that clip for the next break. Hold it. Kamala Harris is a San Francisco ex-DA in the area. She's well-known here for various and sundry things, okay? Some good, some not so good. No real scandal surrounding her. Her own father criticized her a few months ago when she pulled the slavery card, and she said, he said to her, we come from a family in Jamaica that owns slaves, and I read it to you last week when I was on the air. It didn't stop her, though, from pulling the Rosa Parks car card, as you will hear now. In uh, clip number one on the Savage Nation show. The fight of black women has always been fueled and grounded in faith and in the belief like of what is possible. 
We have always built the future that we can see and believe in and fight for. And that's why Sir Joner spoke. It's why May flew. It's why Rosa and Claudette sat. It's why Maya wrote. It's why Fanny organized. Shut up. Shut up with that black victimhood again. Just stop it. Just stop it. Look how well you've done in this racist country, you liar. You, I'm sick of this. And you were never affected by your race other than positively. You moved ahead your whole life through affirmative action because you're not that bright. Look where you are for a person of ordinary or less than ordinary intelligence in the nation that you hate so much. Savage. Do you have like constant nagging pain? Well, listen, cryo-freeze roll-on developed by Omax Health is what you need for triple action pain relief. I've tried it. It works, actually. It's really amazing. Whether you're an athlete, weekend warrior, or anyone who lives with constant pain, whether it's joint pain, back pain, muscle soreness, even arthritis, cryo-freeze is for you. The real secret behind cryo-freeze pain relief roll-on are its two ingredients, CBD and menthol, for its soothing sensation to pain. Omax Health is offering my listeners 20% off a full bottle of cryo-freeze pain relief roll-on, and you get free shipping. This discount also applies towards any product on their site. Please go to omaxhealth.com and enter code SAVAGE to take advantage of this remarkable saving. Go to omaxhealth.com, code SAVAGE, and take advantage of this remarkable savings. That is omaxhealth.com, code SAVAGE, to get your 20% off cryo-freeze and everything else on their site. Kill that pain today with cryo-freeze. Just go to omaxhealth.com, code SAVAGE. This is all such crap, it's, it's hard to believe. There is nothing to believe in anymore in politics. Zero, there's nothing to believe in. Yeah, I know it's us versus them, and it's après moi, le deluge. I mean, I read all of you. I know the whole king thing. Right, either you accept me the king, or after me, there'll be the deluge. I got it. Après moi, le deluge. Sorry to sound so communistic to you, but that's French. That is not Russian. Après moi, le deluge. From Einstein to Epstein in one generation. It's so cynical. I could just imagine Bill Clinton's defense, what it's going to be when they call him on the stand for flying on the Lolita Express. I did not have sex on that airplane. There is not one single picture of me having sex on the wing. Yes, I had sex in the plane, on the, in the plane, in the toilet, in a seat, in the pilots, but I did not have sex on that airplane. No one can find a picture of me having sex on that wing. And he'll get away with it. He'll just tell America, you know, nothing really happened. There's nothing. Now, if you care to comment on any of this, don't. You know, I want to shift gears for a minute. You're not interested. I could see already. I could see already you're not interested in the Epstein-Clinton connection, how it will affect the presidential race. You're not interested in Trump going berserk and attacking Fox News, saying that they don't know uh, where they came from or how they got to where they are. You're not interested in uh, any of this. I can see that you're burned out. So let me ask you something. Rehab horror stories. I got to do this real quickly. Have you or anyone in your family gone to rehab? I, I personally think rehab is a racket. And I think that a long overdue investigation is who the, who the board of directors are for most of the rehab major corporations. The rehab corporations uh, are very, very strange to me. There's a little leakage running in both directions. You'll find them in the same. The same people on the board of directors of these rehab corporations usually are on marijuana corporation companies, like on the boards of marijuana companies. God knows, God knows how much money people have spent in rehab and does it really work. 
Is anyone listening to this show who was in rehab or had a child into rehab? Does it work or not? Forget about it. You're not interested? Okay. Here's another story. Kamala Harris announces a $100 billion plan for black homeownership. Now, first of all, it's a violation of all of the Civil Rights Acts of the 1960s passed by Democrats. You cannot grant money to people based on their race. If you do, you're violating Title VI and Title IX of the U.S. Civil Rights Code. But that doesn't stop Kamala Harris from saying she's going to rip us off for $100 billion and give it to people to buy houses that were black. Nobody else need apply. Crazy. Crazier by the second. Crazier by the second. Now, the only good news out there is that a newly consecrated gay bishop declares God as a woman. Now, why is that good news? I don't know. I suppose it's good for women. I don't know why. Wouldn't it be nice to hear that God is a woman? I heard that since the 60s. There used to be bumper stickers in the San Francisco area, God is a woman. What does it really mean? The first thing a gay bishop says is that God is a woman. He couldn't wait to say that. He really has a mother issue, this guy. I got to tell you that. This guy has a real mama issue. God is a woman. You hear this one? What's the point of being, I don't understand this. What is the point of going into the church and putting on those funny pointy hats and those white outfits? If you, th- I don't get it. I mean, religion's supposed to be strict and make you feel bad. It's supposed to make you feel ashamed of yourself and keep you in control. Some people say if it feels good, do it, let it all hang out. Either you're into religion because it controls you or you're not into religion because it doesn't control you. What's the point of wearing the funny hats for? I don't understand it. Can someone explain it to me? You know, part of adulthood is having to do things you don't really want to do, like working late, visiting in-laws, getting life insurance, red-eye flights, and getting life insurance. But another part of adulthood is learning to delegate what you hate. And while you can't delegate a visit to the in-laws, you can definitely delegate life insurance shopping. Policy Genius is the easy way to shop for life insurance online. In just two minutes, you can compare quotes from top insurers to find your best price. Once you apply, the Policy Genius team will handle all the paperwork and red tape, no sales pressure, no hidden fees, just financial protection and peace of mind. And wait, plus, Policy Genius does not just make life insurance easy. They can also help you find the right home insurance, auto insurance, disability insurance, all online at the best prices. So listen, if you need life insurance, but you just don't want to deal with all the legwork, head to PolicyGenius.com. It's the easy way to compare all the top insurers and find the best value for yourself. Policy Genius. Delegate what you hate, especially if you hate getting life insurance. Go to policygenius.com. Now let's go back to today's topic. The number one topic is from Einstein to Epstein in one generation. And the rehab racket, uh, in my opinion. Those are the two main stories uh, that I'm talking about. And the phone number is 855-400-7282. KUGN, Bob, line one, make it quick, 30 seconds or less. We've got a lot of callers to get through. Uh, okay, Dr. Savage, I just wanted to throw out there, uh, now that the Epstein thing's finally broken into the news, I just wondered if you'd known anything about his well-documented building of like the recreation of a to- Temple of Solomon on his island in the Virgin Islands where a lot of these parties were held. Do you know anything about that? I have no idea what you're talking about. What does that have to do with this? Well, just the, the, the decades that this guy's been let to run loose and just some of the really, really... But wait, if what you were saying is true, that he built a replica of the Temple of Solomon, what's your implication? Just that the guy's a fruitcake. 
But these people with a lot of power and money after they buy all the things. All right, thank you for the comment. That's brilliant. That's Nobel level uh, caller there. Everyone, 30 seconds or less, WJJF on Long Island. Jim on line four. How's Long Island? What's on your mind, Jim? 30 seconds or less. Uh, yes, I have a question. It, it, these, these mayors and governors who have created sanctuary cities and states, can they be arrested by the federal government? Who, you mean Donald Trump? No, no. Uh, well, Donald Trump didn't create sanctuary cities. No, no, but you just said can't the federal government come in and arrest people who've created... Wait, you're stop it. You're saying can't the federal government arrest people who created sanctuary cities? That's your question, right? Yes. That would require a president to instruct his attorney general to do so, wouldn't it? I don't know if it's, if it's a law. Well, well, let me ask the question another way. Didn't Donald Trump say he was going to build that wall? Did he build the wall yet? No. Did he? Did he build the wall? We know he's been obstructed by the Democrats. That's true. Okay. Did he two weeks ago say he was going to start deporting illegals? Yes or no? Yes. Did he deport any illegals in massive raids? No. Weren't we told last Friday he was going to start deporting today? Yes. Have there been any massive raids today? Other than uh, Jeffrey Epstein's uh, mansion in, in Manhattan? Answer is no. So my my conclusion from all of this is that both parties are screwing the American people. It's easy to point fingers. Oh, it's the Democrats obstructing the Republicans. That's nonsense. Both parties want the illegal aliens here for their different reasons. Both parties are making sure that we the people pay the tab. Both parties just passed a bipartisan $4.5 billion bill to give them all better treatment at the border. So they leave a third world hellhole where they're sleeping in an outhouse. They have nothing in their home countries. Their home countries don't want them because they're not productive citizens. They cannot contribute to Guatemala, El Salvador. They can give nothing to the nation. So the nation gets rid of them and pushes them into Mexico, into America. And they come here and scream that they don't have 600 thread sheets, color television, and a warm swimming pool. And then all of a sudden, all of the left wingers scream, it's a concentration camp. How is this even happening? Answer, I don't know. I mean, I know why. It's the vermin in the media, that the people like Anderson Blooper. I mean, Andy Blooper and the others, what do you think is happening? Creating false narratives and then showing stories about children in pens, all nonsense. If it's so bad here, what are they coming here for, if it's so horrible? What they have down at the border, in the holding places, is about a 1,000% better than what they're running from in Honduras, in case you don't know it. So don't give me the double talk that we owe them 600 thread sheets and color television and air conditioning. They don't belong here in the first place. But the real question is, where are the Republicans? Where is Donald Trump on this? I don't have an answer for that. I am sorry. I do not have an answer on that. You know, I'm the one who wrote Trump's war. I'm the one who boosted Trump for a year while all of your favorite great Americans were calling you names and mocking him. So don't tell me I'm not on Trump's side. But I want to know where he is on the immigration story is what I want to know. Okay? I don't know where he is on it, to be honest with you. I hear one thing and I see another. That's all. All right, let's go to some callers now on the rehab racket. Mike, which one is better there on the rehab job? Who shall I take, uh, Joey? Two, line two. John on KUGN up in uh, Eugene, Oregon. What's your rehab story? Hey, Michael Savage, thank you for taking my call, man. I love your show. I listen to you just about every day. I don't blame you. If I wasn't in the radio business, I'm the only one I'd listen to. So what, what are you calling about? So I went to rehab. Uh, I got convicted of a third DUI. And I was going to get sentenced to a year in prison. And for a lesser sentence, I took 90 days in rehab with six months in jail. 
Oh, boy. Uh, instead of going to prison. And uh, I've seen guys in rehab that were there for their third, fourth, fifth time. They wanted me to sign up for uh, social benefits so they could take my welfare money while yeah. I was in rehab. Um, as well as, you know, billing the state, whatever they're billing the state. Yeah, yeah, who pays for the rehab when you're sent to it? The state? Uh, I think the state does for the most part. And then they, yeah, they want you to... You know, I drive by a church uh, on the way home almost every night. And on Tuesdays or so, it's full of cars in the parking lot. And it's all people who are forced by the court into some kind of uh, uh, counseling on, uh, I guess, they got caught on a DUI. So instead of going to jail, they sent them to this church racket. And have to listen to this crap about this and that. You think it really helps? No, I think I think it's a personal decision. I think when people are done using, they stop using. I, I got five years clean, and rehab had nothing to do with it. I was oh, come on, five years clean. Let's hear it for this Thank man. You. And it's not easy. Come on, I know what you're saying. That's a tough thing, but I heard it from other people who've told me who are alcoholics. They said bull crap. The only thing that works is you. You got to decide you've had enough. You've hit bottom, and I'm not going to drink anymore. I'm not going to smoke dope anymore, etc. It's that simple. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you for that. Let me send you a copy of my book, A Savage Life. I think you'll love that story. A bunch of stories. Thanks for that call. Yeah, it's a sad, sad world we're living in. So much alcoholism, drug abuse, liars everywhere. So I saw a story over the weekend, and it's been working on me all weekend. There's a lot of stories, you know. This one caught me. It's a grab-and-go mob. Up in Washington, in, in, in the Midwest. And uh, 10 guys come in to Pleasant Prairie, Washington. 10 of them. And they steal $30,000 worth of goods from a North Face store in 30 seconds. And I'm looking at these people do it, doing it so brazenly. I put it up on michaelsavage.com. They walk in with the rags on their head, with the hoodies. 10 of them. And they grab $30,000 worth of clothes out of this store in 30 seconds. And I'm asking myself, why have thieves become so brazen? And I'm thinking about it. I'm thinking about it. I'm thinking about it. And there's a lot of answers to that. And one of the primary answers is that when there is such corruption at the top, it trickles down to the bottom. When they see corruption at every level in this government, and please stop finger pointing at the Democrats. You're talking to the wrong person. If you think I'm going to sit here and mock Democrats and liberals all day long and say the Republicans are clean and good because it's all a lie. So they see the corruption at the top and they figure, you know what, if they're getting away with stealing billions, I'll steal $100,000 worth of clothing. That's what I think is part of it. Of course, then the police can't do their jobs as well because of the liberal judges who are the real problem in this country. There's a great uh, video that I linked up on uh, michaelsavage.com and on my Twitter feed that I couldn't stop watching over the, over the weekend. And it's of a shootout. It's gone already. Well, the good stuff gets gone by Monday morning. I think it's still up on, uh, on my Twitter feed, but it was a shootout. Guy with a knife comes, starts walking around the street somewhere, and the cops are sent out, two of them. And they start screaming, put down the knife, put down the knife, put down the knife, put down the knife. And this guy keeps coming at them. Now, you know, in the old days, after the first command, they would have shot him and stopped him. They didn't. So I posted it under uh, look at what police have to face every day. And it was in Athens, Georgia. 23-year-old suspect, Aaron Hong. So the guy keeps coming at the cops and they're screaming, sir, 
Stop. Put it down. They can't shoot him. You understand why? Because of the vermin from the ACLU who should be deported from the liberal judges who should be deported. The cops can't shoot the guy, even though the guy's coming at him with a knife. Finally, they shoot him because their lives in danger. What happens next? They shoot this drug in guy. He's so drunk. They shoot him and he still keeps coming at them after four shots. Are you listening to this? With four shots in him, he grabs one of the cops, a burly cop, not a woman, and throws the cop to the ground, pulls out the cop's gun, and the other cop is screaming, stop, stop, and takes a shot and finally kills the perp by shooting him in the head over his partner's body. I mean, this is, I never saw a shooting like this. Police shootout. So knife-wielding man dies in police shootout. Do you know what the vermin in the ACLU were going to say? That he didn't have to be shot. They could have talked to him. The whole country's melting down. It's just really frightening when you think about it, how rapidly we are degenerating morally, ethically, every which way you can imagine. The country is melting down faster than Chernobyl. Now, I, I know you don't want to hear it because Obama's not in the office. I get it. But, you know, there's a lot of blame to go around. I think the whole political structure is rotten to the core. You know, over the weekend, I was reading a book on the French Revolution, one of my hobbies. And I, uh, certain things popped out on the French Revolution that are so apropos or appropriate to uh, our time that I don't have the time to do this. Maybe I should do it on a podcast. Because if you look at the French Revolution, there were early signs of revolution in France, which had been visible for quite some time. And there were warnings of trouble. There were warnings of trouble going back a long time. But the rich and powerful were so immune from these warnings that they kept growing in violence. And then we came to Louis XVI and Marie Antoinette, France's most infamous royal couple. And they were so royalist, they were so grand, they were so over the top with excess that they alienated their subjects through ignorance and incompetence. And unfortunately, they wound up paying with their lives. I'm telling you that there are parallels between the French Revolution and the American uh, landscape of today. I'm telling you right now, there's something very wrong with the whole picture. And this, the Epstein thing, to me, symbolizes the excess that I am talking about. Savage. Look at the stories I have covered so far. From Einstein to Epstein in one generation. Trump attacks Fox News. Dem Congresswoman goes to Mexico to coach illegals on how to come in illegally. Radical Dems versus Pelosi. How far will the party go to the left? Rehab horror stories. How much did it cost you? Did it work? This is a lot of stuff to handle in an hour. But it's been a long weekend. I got to tell you, most people are still on vacation. It started like four days before July 4th or five days. The roads were already empty here in the Bay Area. It's still a ghost town. They're still on vacation. How does the country survive with so few people working? I don't understand where the money's coming from. The answer is it isn't coming. They're stealing from the rich. The highest taxes in history are right now. The highest taxes on wealthy people in the history of the country are right now. You know, I know, now you think Trump lowered taxes? Not if you make a good living and live in California, New York, or uh, Illinois. No, I'm sorry. We're paying much more. We got hurt really badly. I mean, it's horrible to tell you this again. You don't want to hear it, but you got to hear the truth. Because without the truth, there's no point to talk radio. Then it's nothing but gibberish. It's no different than CNN. And we got to be hard-hitting to get your attention, or else you're not going to listen to us. You understand what I'm saying to you? 
So those are the things. I mean, the truth is very, very embarrassing sometimes. But uh, here we are. Who's working? You go on the roads. The roads are empty. And then you see the people from out of town marching around Fisherman's Wharf with the, with the, the Goliath ankles, the Elephantiasis toes. And that's a good thing. I'm trying to tell you why obesity is actually a, a safety valve for a country like ours. I'm glad, you know, McDonald's and Burger King and Jack, all those countries, they should be given an award for preventing revolution because people are so fat and happy and so loaded up on saturated fats and salt and sugar from the, from the junk food that they'll never revolt. You're never going to see fat people revolt. Never. There's no history in the world of any nation revolting when they're this obese. So obesity is actually a government plan to keep you fat and happy, and then you won't revolt. The only nations in history that ever had revolutions that really mattered were those where people were starving. You know, let them eat cake. Marie Antoinette is trying to tell you. They were eating cake, and the people were eating nothing. They didn't even have a scrap of bread. So they revolted. Russia, too. The peasants were starving. They revolted. So the left dreams of revolution, unfortunately for them, because of McDonald's, there is going to be no revolution. The Westwood One Podcast Network. <laughs>